We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We have the latest from Browns Bengals, including Denzel Ward being back in action at practice today, getting cleared to return. Still in the protocol, but is out there on the practice field. Joe Burrow back on the practice field is a full participant as well. We're going to talk about what those injuries mean, where they sit currently, and how they forecast into the weekend, along with some conversation around Deshaun Watson's press conference today, what his general demeanor means for the Browns, how he came off to the media, and then lastly, Wyatt Teller's contract restructure. We'll give you everything we need to know about that. I'm joined by Andrew Spade today in the latest OBR Film Breakdown. All right, welcome in, everybody. Thursday's edition, the OBR Film Breakdown, myself, Andrew Spade. We are going to quickly go through what was a pretty busy day in Berea, and I think that is the highlight of the day. We are going to get with the Bengals uh, analysts over the next day, probably tomorrow, have that episode behind enemy lines up for you. And then Andrew and I will return with some look at college football and some other Browns thoughts on Saturday. So, again, we'll get a bit more specific about the Bengals tomorrow. Today, we're kind of looking at what the Browns did, the news around them, and broader, bigger picture news around uh, the game that we learned from the Bengals side, too. So uh, the biggest news of the day, Andrew Denzel Ward is back. Uh, Back is relative, right? He's still in protocol, but he's able to be out on the field in a limited capacity. But it sort of seems like if he's out there on Wednesday, then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, barring some sort of setback, it seems like he's going to play. Um, not guaranteed by any stretch. Obviously, I, my, true Jake form, I fired off a tweet about him not playing because we hadn't heard any real news. And then, of course, it comes out that he is going to be at least trending toward playing. Yeah. People love like five minutes was, later, too, right? Oh, boy, they love to tell me I'm wrong. And a tweet that's just like <laughs> a literally about, hey, here's a, he, this is the fun stuff, the chess match. What are they going to do? It's like, hey, Ward's playing. All right, man, I gotcha. All right, great. Understood. It's just a different kind of chess match conversation at right. that point. But nonetheless, yeah. Denzel Ward seems like he's trending toward playing, which is a great, you know, first you hope he's okay. I mean, hope he's okay. You don't like to celebrate people coming back from brain injuries. It feels a little strange to do that, but it is a good outcome for the Browns who need his talent, right? Yeah, I think it's a, uh, it would be great news to have him. It's specific to the Bengals, right? Because of the three wide receivers that they have. 
obviously you never want to play down your best cornerback, but I do think it is also more important for this game just because we know the unique threat that the Bengals pose. And Denzel Ward has had a lot of success against the Bengals in his career. It's been a, a good matchup for him, uh, even specifically with Jamar Chase, which is, you know, you don't you don't want to lose that player in that situation, certainly. So, yeah, I think this is great news, and I think it puts the Browns, you know, it, it, it solves some of the concerns that we were starting to try and work through the thoughts of who replaces Ward, how do they move on from that, how do they make this work, it replaces those thoughts with, you know, now you start to think more about what can they really unleash if they're at full strength on the back end, what does that allow them to do on the front end to really get after this Bengals offensive line and try and put Joe Burrow in some, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, try and disrupt him, make him kind of work for it and earn it a little bit, which is something that you want to see. You don't want to let you don't want the Browns to let it be easy for Joe Burrow. And having Denzel Ward back goes a long way towards making that the case. This is the single biggest piece of news for the Browns going into this one. I mean, obviously, it is. It's huge that they um, you know get their best secondary player back. But just looking at the whole landscape, of this is one of the most healthy Week One rosters they've had in a while, right? And I think that is obviously really important uh, for, for their scenario. And, and like you mentioned, tying this game, this isn't like you're playing, you know, there's not many teams that don't have relevant receivers anymore. You used to be able to kind of throw Baltimore out there and say that, but most teams present, rel- you know, relatively quality wide receivers. But in particular, Cincinnati has two guys you would deem number ones, and Tyler Boyd has been as dynamic a threat from the slot as we've seen for a pretty prolonged period of time. So, you know, long it's well, not that long. It's not that long ago either, Andrew. We were talking about trying to argue that Jarvis and Odell and uh, who was the third in that scenario? Donovan, I guess, was the third. <laughs> who was the third? <laughs> they, they, those guys, the Browns, have a better wide receiver room. So yeah, that's yeah. Uh, yeah. a long, long in the distance uh, thing. Yeah, but even if you look at next week with Pittsburgh, right? Um, that's right. George, that's a good way to put George it. Pickens. You know, legit wide receiver with some some real ability. Deontay Johnson also quite good. Third receiver is Allen Robinson. So, yeah. like, <laughs> the the gap between a player like Tyler Boyd and Allen Robinson is really what hammers this home. You know, then the next week it'll be the Titans. You know, we know what their wide receiver situation is. So, yeah, I know there are plenty of teams that have that can go three deep at wide receiver, but there are also some teams that struggle to go much beyond one or two. I think the Bengals, yeah, I mean, to your point, <laughs> I think the Bengals – clearly have one of the better wide receiver cores, if not the best wide receiver core in the league. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you want your cornerbacks ready for that one. So, yeah, big big news for the Browns. And like I said, it really starts to get my gears turning about, you know, what, what Ward's presence will allow them to do. But also, yeah, definitely want to hit on what you said, Jake, about, you know, there was some, some concern uh, when this news broke after the Kansas City game because it's, it's Ward's fourth concussion. And... Those are the numbers when it starts to get into those areas where you start to think about longer term issues and it starts to become less about the games and less about the, you know, what it means for the Browns and more about what it means for Denzel Ward, the person. Right. And so, uh, I'm really happy that he's recovering. Okay. Uh, you know, we just saw, it really went underreported in Cleveland, but we just saw Joe Haig. Yeah. I think his, you know, I think his career kind of ended last year with a concussion that, you know, he never really recovered from and, and did not return to the team last year and uh, is not on a roster now. So 
it happens. It happens in the NFL. We know that it happens. And, and so I think it's encouraging that it doesn't seem to be happening right now to Denzel Ward. And let's, let's hope that he can just kind of keep himself clean for, you know, the rest of his career. It's, it's interesting. I heard a recent podcast I was listening to talk about the NFL's, you know, around the Will Smith movie, right? The spike in attention to this and people thought football was going to decline. There were also these people talking about football would be dead in like five years. Like people wouldn't. Right. Like there were some wild takes back then, but it feels like we're, we're swinging back on that spectrum of like people just brushing concussions to the side again. And I just would be interested at some point this year, we'll hear from Denzel about where he is on that stuff. Because again, those are four NFL concussions. I have to believe at Ohio state, he ran into one, you play corner, you hit enough, obviously back to high school, he's playing both sides of the football. It's just, uh, it's dicey. And that's why, you know, you're hoping, you feel this really great hope that you have this player who is pretty good in Denzel, but you're weighing it against a guy rushing back from a brain injury. And it's like, oh, you know, the context of that was really gross. So, yes, yeah, we'll uh, we'll put it there. The big news otherwise is Joe Burrow is, he said he's ready to go. He's going to play. I did get a DM from a guest that we will have tomorrow who said it sounds like Joe's calf might not be as 100% as I thought, but he went full today. He's going to play. It's a matter of what Joe Burrow you're going to get, which we referenced yesterday. The one who is sort of dead in the pocket is just going to try to get the ball out quickly and save himself. Or the guy who can be really tough as nails, sit in, take hits, and then also create you know those situations that are presented to him. He can slide out of the pocket, throw down field, or slide out of the pocket and pick up those third downs. So, it's not like Joe is an old school statue. He is an athletic dude. And if you're not getting that version of him, not to say he still can't win them the ball game by being the guy he is from the pocket, but it does sort of change things, right? Yeah, I think it's it gives the Browns an opportunity where, you know, it they had a chance. You know, they obviously have played well against the Bengals at full strength um, with a healthy Joe Burrow. When you start to limit his ability in any way it, it's like any other you know top quarterback it's it's part of what made what Patrick Mahomes did in the playoffs last year so impressive right because he was physically limited but in certain moments that physical limitation didn't seem to affect him and so maybe that's what we see from Joe Burrow on Sunday right is that yeah. he's got this calf issue but when the when the you know money's down in the fourth quarter it's like it all kind of goes away but you really don't know until you see it. And I think there are a lot of questions right now about his ability to move both inside and outside of the pocket and then how the Browns can affect him and get him to move. And I think there's a there's a world in which their ability to pressure him changes you know, what he's able to do in the game because he can't move comfortably the way that he wants to. I think there's also a world in which, as I said before, they're not able to, you know, pressure him or he's not bothered by it and, and physically seems fine. And, and it, you know, by the second quarter, it's like, well, that was much ado about nothing. So I, it's just something that we won't know until we see it on Sunday. So much of this week one, what leads, I think, Jake, to the overreactions that we kind of have also talked about recently is that you don't have any idea. And then all of a sudden you have information. And so it's so tempting to make a bunch of generalizations based on finally having hard proof. But my, my point here is that I think, yeah, I think that you getting that DM is certainly interesting. And I think it, 
there is a world in which you can piece together that this could be kind of ugly for for them if if he's not okay and the Browns are really able to get after him. And I think there's another world in which, like I said, it doesn't matter. And, and along the doesn't matter realm, it's like he hasn't signed a new contract. We saw Nick Bosa sign a five-year, $170 million contract today, which you know makes Miles Garrett's numbers still look – it just looks better and better every year. Now, eventually Miles is going to want – to be back up in the top echelon of guys paid. But, you know, with Burrow's calf, I went on a little tangent there. With Burrow's calf, he he's obviously going to play. There were some people who thought, like, would Burrow sit until the deal was done? The, the reason for the deal not being done, I have no idea. From who I talked to, I also don't have any – they don't have any idea. It is very strange to me and, and, you know, probably fits some of the Bengals' history here with massive contracts – that you wouldn't get this thing done for him going into the first week where it's like, you know, not saying he's going to sit out obviously because of the contract. That's just doesn't ever seem like who Joe Burrow is, but it is, it is a risk, right? It is a risk and it's not great for him and his people thinking like long-term situations. So, you know, and again, too, on top of that, we talked yesterday, we mentioned like these teams, the chiefs, the bills, the, 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 the uh, Bengals here who have gone through early, portions of the season or, or they just know that you're going to go through rough stretches in general and they know they can figure it out and play their best ball come the playoffs that's what they all want to do like rushing joe back at not 100 percent for a game in the first game of the year i don't love it if i'm a Bengals fan if he's not saying he's 100 percent, i really don't love it i know jamar chase was on record what like a month and a half ago saying we don't want him to play it's just it's interesting i mean joe's a warrior type guy if you listen to him talk and all that i mean he's going to play but it's just uh, between the contract and not being 100%, it raises the eyebrow a little bit. Yeah. They, I mean, there, there's a path for him to sit if he wants to sit, right? So it, that part is interesting for sure. And I think it's also just, I mean, like, I, you know, there's still a few days, so maybe they get it done by Sunday. But I, I think it's very interesting that they haven't gotten it done yet. I mean, I think uh, it at a certain point – you know, Bengals fans are going to push back against this until, you know, until they're blue in the face because they're deep down, they are worried about this. Right. And so it's the last thing they want to hear, but until it gets done, everybody's going to wonder if they can pull it off and how they're going to structure it to pull it off because they're, you know, they are a relatively cash strapped franchise and this is going to be the new biggest contract in the NFL. Yes, so, cash strapped as a franchise can get in the NFL. You know, yeah, it's kind no, of I, obviously relative. And um, but you're right, you're spot on. And and I just think it's very strange to be at this point, given Herbert's deal so long ago, and just uh, I, I think it gets done. It's gonna be fine. But there were all these like Joe Burrow probably take a discount to keep his guys around. And, you know, I don't, I don't think he's gonna get as much money as he conceivably can get from the Bengals because he should. And it's just uh, unless he marries a supermodel who makes more than him someday, you know, then you can be a, <laughs> you can be a hero for being the guy who takes less money when you don't need it. But it is it's always a part of the Brady thing that drove me nuts. Like, look at how unselfish. OK, well, when your wife makes more money than you, I'm sure most uh, quarterbacks would be going along that direction. But yeah, I, I think, yeah, like Burrow is I, there was some just some funny stuff out there about that. And it's like, no, nah, man, he's going to get his money. And it seems just I wouldn't. I'm not trying to say that the Bengals aren't going to get it done or this, but whatever, whatever. I'm just saying it's weird to be this close to the season and not have that deal done. I'll just throw my hand up and say that, you know? (laughs) 
Yeah, I, and I like I don't I kind of am almost a little hesitant to, to go too far with it because I just feel like there's a decent chance that you know by Thursday lunchtime it's done. And <laughs> well, if my you know, kiss like... of death thing is real here, yes. <laughs> by the time you're listening to this, it's done and it's all very much moved. Right. But I yeah, thought Joe, that like as Jake is saying, this Joe Burrow is signing a contract. And <laughs> when, when I talked Tuesday night on and like a big part of having a couple Bengals people on was hey if Joe Joe's contract breaks, we can't do it because we're going to do a pod and. I get that. But there was yeah, just course. like they thought that he would have this done by the time he spoke with media. If it was going to get done, it would be done right. by Wednesday okay. when the quarterbacks yeah. speak with the media because they didn't want to put him out in front of that. So it didn't get done. It didn't get done. So we'll uh, talk about it when it's time to talk about it. I just continue to think it's like head scratching strange that they couldn't figure that out, given all the contract examples they have from other franchises right now. Uh, anyway, talking about quarterback media time today. Yeah, I'm up hiking in the mountains here in Wyoming. I didn't get to see this, but I know that you guys in Slack were talking about um, Deshaun Watson's time with me. It just it felt it felt different. And there were some quotes, some good quotes from him about I don't want to be 2020 Deshaun Watson. I want to be better than that. Some good stuff. So just kind of talk me through what you liked from his media session today. And just I think it was some of the phrasing that you enjoyed. Yeah, I, I just think we have heard. You know, other quarterbacks, uh, Baker Mayfield was was brash. You know, he was cocky. But I think, you know, he would kind of, you know, pull himself back a little bit when it came time to make sort of, you know, larger proclamations, you know. And um, he, he would he would kind of be – he would <laughs> Baker's – Baker was, I think, really good <laughs> at being cocky after the fact. You know, I mean, the, yeah. the I woke up feeling dangerous uh, quote is the perfect example of this, right? Like, he didn't tell anybody that before the game, you know, but then the game starts going and all of a sudden, you know, now there's a narrative, right? Because things are going well. Watson today was in front of the media and and like they didn't really dig it out of him, right? He was just ready to talk about where he is, how confident he is in where he is and where he sees himself going as a player. And so, you know, the answer I think that probably got the most attention, I'll read it to you here in full to give you the context. Okay. The question was going into the season, there's so many expectations for this team and also for you as a player. For you to return to that guy we saw in Houston who could just take over games, what has to happen for you? It's a great question, by the way. Great. It is. And, and, And so Watson says, just be me. And I don't want to return as that guy in Houston. I want to be better than that guy. So uh, three years ago, I'm not the same. It was three years ago, I'm not the same guy now. So I feel like I've evolved to a new level, and I'm ready to be able to show that. Last year was a tricky time where I was learning everything, but I don't want to just get caught up on Houston this, Houston that. I had a lot of fun, a lot of success in Houston, but I want to have that success and start something new in Cleveland. Yeah, it's a great quote. I, I, I will say this, Andrew. There should be a ton of Deshaun Watson motivation this year. Now, I know sometimes, and especially some of the things that come out or whatever, how they're presented can be sort of manipulated into, we don't like this guy. It's not hard. But from just a sort of intrinsic thing for him of, I'm tired of hearing about 2020 Deshaun Watson. I'm bound to go out here and prove everybody wrong. There's a lot of nobody believes in me energy for him. And Again, it's self-inflicted, right? Like nobody feels sorry for him. It's just there's a lot of disbelief in who he is. Like everybody I ever talked to, 
they don't understand the nuances of those six games. The people that are, you know, either cover other organizations, call them disastrous. And, and there were some bad, bad moments, but there were real glimpses of who he can be. And like, if he's on the right path, he feels so much more comfortable, comfortable in Berea, comfortable in the locker room, comfortable with the structure, so many elements, right? All the way down to the root of just like line protection checks and being able to audible. There's a lot of layers to this. But if he's truly comfortable again, I don't think he's just lost it. Like, I really don't think the talent has just evaporated from him. And I do think he's going to be pretty good. Now, there have to be a bunch of outside elements that help you get from good to great to elite. I think he can get there again. And all I'm saying is I'm a big believer in football of nobody believes in us or nobody believes in me energy. Because I do think that whole thing can really put you in the right type of hyper focus to to go out and be the best version of yourself. So I'm not predicting that's going to happen for Deshaun because I don't know. There's a lot of, like I said, layers to that that are out of his control too. But I just like the surrounding element here where people have counted him out for multiple years. Now they had a heyday making fun of him in those six games. And I just think there's a chance like the revenge tour for him of his football image is going to be a huge thing. And there's just a chance he's really, really good. Like I just, again, don't think he got monster. I don't think his talent just got stolen. I really don't. So I think there's going to be really good quarterback play from him. And um, we'll hope that the consistency of that really good quarterback play is there, man. Yeah. And I, I, I think everything you said makes a ton of sense. And I think it really speaks to, you know, I mean, the, the, what we've been talking about the entirety of the Browns offseason. I mean, these, these are conversations that we started having in January. Yes, for is, sure. You know, what is what is 23 look like and, and what kind of quarterback can he be and all those sorts of things. And I think I think there is a world in which I th- I've said that about 3000 times tonight. So I apologize. <laughs> I think there I think there is a scenario there. There's a version of events where Deshaun Watson does not. I mean, he, he, again, did not have to say that the way that he said it today. And so I, I personally don't believe, you know, whether you're confident, cocky, whatever, you would go into a press availability on the Wednesday before your first game against a divisional rival and talk that way unless you felt really good about where you were at as a player. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're, and I th- you're right. I, I just think that that to me more than anything, you know, more than the what we've seen in the preseason, more than the speculation, that shows me a, a player who is confident, and that confidence, you know, here, here's here's another quote that I think is is kind of worth also, you know, weighing in all of this. I'm very confident. All the work has been put in. We've just got to go out there and play. We have the team with the coaching staff to go out there, execute, and win. Simple, direct, but yeah, but like you said. That just sort of oozes confidence. It, it right. does. And, yeah. you know, I think he feels in control of his situation in a way he has not in a while on the football field. Like, that's right. Think back to 21, there was the holdout that you, you people forget that the 21 situation, it started with, I don't want to be here anymore because that's you right. guys have decimated the right. It was in the owner's hands. Then the other stuff comes out. Then his football life going into 2022 is in the NFL's hands. And then he doesn't get to be in Berea forever. I think he just feels in control of his football life for the first time in a couple years. And that can really lift a weight off your shoulders, man. There's nothing holding you back anymore. 
as a football player, you're, you know, where he's in his most comfortable element. And I do think he's genuinely tired of being kicked around from this. And he's sick and tired of hearing this 2020 Texans bullshit to him. He's ready to go. I think that what you're saying is right. The confidence is there. The things you want to hear are there. And I think just, I think he's ready to go. I expect him to play well. Let's put it that way. Expect him to play well. Yeah. And I, I mean, this is more of a green light. As I said, this is more of a green light to me than the preseason performances or anything, you know, you see in training camp practices or whatever, because this is the player kind of putting themselves out there a little bit. And, you know, maybe he is trying to project that confidence to help the team and he doesn't really feel, you know, there's, there's, scenarios where this is not, you know, what we think it is, but I, I agree with you, Jake. I, I, my expectations for his performance on Sunday are high. And I think that they are high because of the player that he has been in the past. And, and the, like you said, the opportunity that he sees to get back to that trajectory. Um, and I, I think it's, you know, I think it's really an interesting topic uh, in the NFL media overall. I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but the way that he sees himself, the way that the Browns see where he is versus the way that the league media and even other executives and coaches in the league see him is just the it's such a vast gulf right now. And again, this is what I said earlier. Not, no one knows for sure until Sunday at one. No, we don't. And, and that's the thing that is so hard. I'm sure so hard for him and why he feels like or he seems like you said really locked in like it's finally here i control my fate i can no one else is stopping me from my football happiness again and i'm sure he's pretty thankful for that so we're excited man to see how he plays for this organization and starts to put the money to work it's about time right so uh, we'll take a break come back we have a couple things we want to hit on to wrap up the show and uh, we'll be out the door so uh, we'll be right back We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up, guys? It's Jake again, here to talk about what I do believe is the premium place to buy tickets for your NFL season this year. You go into Browns games, trying to find the best prices. Should you wait? Should you not? You know, week one is creeping up on us, but there are some really fun games on that home schedule and you can get any of them using the game time app that is gametime.co if you're on the web browser but the app is where it's at shouldn't be stressful to buy tickets and man game time's the fastest easiest way to buy those tickets for any sporting event local whether it's like i said you're going to browns games or you want to go to concerts comedy theater anything they got killer last minute deals price guarantee all the stuff you need so you can stop stressing over tickets start getting hyped up for the fun you'll have Right, go to the Game Time app. I do it all the time, looking at trying to take my nephews to an Ohio State game this year. You know, the the experience of looking at not just the the best deals, the flash deals, right? Those last minute deals you can unlock, but also being able to look at the stadium map and pick out where you want to sit and get the picture from, you know, where the spot in the stadium is. And then again, the lowest price guarantee, cancellation event protection, job loss protection, all of that stuff just makes it even better. It's the place to go for last-minute tickets, or to be honest, even when you're planning ahead. I think it is 100% the place to go. And again, you you have a fantastic mobile app. You can go online. You can look at those seats. They're sent directly to your phone. Those tickets are. You don't have to dig through your email. Two taps, you're set. Everything you need is at game time. So download the game time app, create an account, use the promo code OBR, very simply OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code OBR, $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I think to close this one, Andrew, we'll talk about the Wyatt Teller movement, the restructure that they did, because it was just sort of nominal late night news. And we're going to get more coverage at the OBR. I know Jack Duffin, I think, was a. Uh, passed out long long asleep when that news broke it was kind of a it was just sort of quiet news that leaked out yeah. like six or seven of them happened because the league year flipped from the top 51 pay right so the new accounting yeah. i think clicks in and if you want to read more no more let's just say it i'll just just cover this real quick so the browns decided to uh, restru- restructure that contract and it's interesting because again i don't really have a great feel for sort of what this is going to do. His numbers jump up a little bit. This is according to, to Spotrack. Spotrack. Um, I know we prefer to be over the cap people here, but we don't have anything from them on this yet. So they converted $11.42 million of Wyatt Teller's 23 salary into a signing bonus, adding one void year, clearing $9.136 million of cap this season. So his new cap hits, the cap hit this year will be 6.2. 24, the cap hit will be 19.2. 20000000 in 25. 6.3 void a year in 26. So it's going to jump. I mean, it's going to jump heavily those next two years. And we'll see, because it's always been like we talked about Wyatt Teller is a guy they can move on from, right? So I'm not sure what this does to change that. I'm sure, again, Jack, with the financial accounting side of things, we'll have a better idea, but it's a bit interesting, right? I mean, we thought he could, you know, have that contract situation there to open up some more money and they do it here sort of late and again, continue to roll over as much money as possible to fit everything under the, under the belt next year. But um, interesting. Nonetheless, I don't know if you have any comment on it. Well, I, I just think every time that they've done another one, I've kind of been like, okay, well, that's probably the last last restructure that they do, you know, and they keep kind of trickling in, which is just very interesting to me 
because you know, I, I, I'm sure part of this is just the logistics, right? Of like rewriting a contract is not something you can just do with a snap of a finger, right? It's not like Madden where you adjust a slider, right? And then everything's done. Yep. It's a, you know, it's a, it's an actual process, but it has been interesting to see this kind of play out over the course of basically two weeks now. And, you know, the Browns have far and away the most cap space in the league and are obviously going to roll, you know, almost all of it over into next season to, uh, help with their cap situation in 24. It, it just, the extent to which they have decided to do all of these restructures has surprised me. You know, Teller is, is definitely one that was at the far end of what I was expecting. David Njoku wasn't expecting primarily because I thought that they would want a little bit more flexibility with those contracts to be able to move on from those players earlier, but they obviously do not feel that adding void years, you know, pushing dead cap out into future years is going to impact their ability to move on from these players. Otherwise they wouldn't do it because I don't, I mean, there, there was solidly reported information that they had considered trading Wyatt Teller this off season. So they, if they're restructuring his contract there to me, it's not possible that they would restructure his contract in a way that prevents them from moving on next season whether that's via trade or release. So yeah, I don't think they would tie themselves to again. You can make bad decisions here. Like we've seen them turn some free agents into the guys who released out of those contracts early, but I'm just going to trust this stuff because we know how much they need next year. And I'm not saying you're not, I'm just saying like, I need to see it play out and what it looks like. And ultimately, because the, the example is the saints or people will be like the salary cap is fake. And then they had to let go of Marcus Williams and some other right. talents got away and it's like you know maybe not your core core is let go but like you know letting grant if grant delpit has a good year and you can't re-sign him that would stink right like any talent you let go fine it's hard to find talent in the nfl and draft it and 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 get it to a point and then if you have to let it go it's it's never fun we watched the Bengals do that with jesse bates and von bell and that's a huge talking point for us this week about using resources to replace those guys it's not as easy like you said it's not mad and copy paste you draft a guy with an 81 overall rating, it doesn't work that way. So it's just a challenge. I think I trust these guys with the void year stuff and the way Jack has laid it out, why they're doing it, how they're doing it, and why. And continue to think they're opening up some future uh, structure stuff they can do, some maneuverability there, uh, a parallel to some stuff they could do this year to capitalize if they're a good football team at, at, at or around the tra- trade deadline. So it yep. is, um, like you said, they're, they're tying themselves to talented players, as we know. But again, can you push that too far? We'll see. It'll play out in real time at some point in the yeah. next few years. Uh, and I'll just add one more thing. You know, I have heard some speculation on a few different NFL podcasts recently about where the cap is headed because of the infusion of gambling money into the league. And I, I have not seen seen that reported like firm anywhere as like a projection. But I one of the things that occurred to me as we're kind of talking through this is maybe these restructures get done as they have a better sense of what the cap next year and the year after looks like. And if they feel really confident that in two years the cap is 20, 25% higher than it is right now, then they can be moved pretty aggressively with this stuff now because it's they're essentially making free money for themselves. So it's just another piece to this puzzle. I I, I think that's the only part that just kind of, as I said before, has me a little bit just. Cu- it's not even that I'm worried. I'm just curious. I would love to, I would love to just be the fly on the wall for the meeting for how they decide 
I guess what I'm saying, Jake, is did they decide to restructure all of these contracts at once in June and now they're just working through the paperwork now? Or are they making different decisions? Is the Wyatt Teller restructure a different decision than when they restructured a bunch of contracts, you know, in the last 10 days? That's that's I think that's kind of the at the crux of my curiosity. And I I, you know, I don't think we'll ever get a satisfactory answer to it. Yeah, because there's there are just layers to it that go deep. Like we have a good, I think Jack does as well as anybody with this stuff. Absolutely. But there are like, there are just layers down below this that we don't understand. That they have a bunch of really intelligent people working through. Not to say that they're infallible, but like this seems very well thought out. But the intricate details of the how and why, some of it we'll never know. Uh, but to your point, the, the curiosity of this and looking back in five years, remember when the Browns did all of these, you know, restructures right before 22, how is that, you know, impacting 24, 25, 26? We'll see eventually, but for now, like you said, as long as there's no, the continuation of the cap going up happens and there's no pandemic, I guess, again, right? Um, right. because that's that would decimate the, yeah, that's them. That's the big thing. Right? Yeah. So, no recession, no pandemic. Yeah. It'll be something that, as you said, our eyebrow is a bit raised and we'll keep watching it and reporting on it, talking about it, and, and Jack will cover it as well as anybody. Um, before we get out the door, real quick, um, we're going to try to do this uh, as quickly as I can. It's a tricky topic. The predictions are all over the place, right? Day before the NFL, predictions are everywhere. It feels like people are pretty low on the Browns. There's only one site that I felt like very reputable that has the Browns in a real contention spot. And that's DVOA, which is exciting because DVOA stuff is really encouraging when you're in the right spot with football outsider types. And the yeah. Browns, like they had them around fourth, I think, or something like that in the AFC. So they're high. Well, yeah, but every- fourth best team in the AFC. They actually have them as the favorites in the AFC North. They have them slightly ahead of the Bengals by DVOA and therefore by by record. So they currently have the Browns winning the AFC North and and making obviously making the playoffs and and being right there with the 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 Bills and the Chiefs as sort of the cream of the crop. But everybody else, PFF, ESPN, most other places are pretty down on them. And I I think personally, I like that. I would like for them to have bulletin board material. I'd like for them to think nobody believes in them. You know, it's funny. We talked about this about a week ago, or maybe it wasn't even a week ago, but like the Steelers are the darling. And right. I think Mike Tomlin had, the, had another funny quote about, you know, his players bringing that to his attention. I do not care. He dropped another one of those. Um, mm-hmm. But they're the darling. And it's kind of flipped here before the season where everybody about mid, mid-off mid season was talking about, well, when you look at the Browns roster, you know, there's that whole thing. And then everyone's up on the Steelers now. So, I mean, I just think that, that people are still concerned about seeing if Deshaun Watson be the guy he used to be. They're down on that whole thing, sort of still a lot of people, not everyone, but still, and it's, it's leaked into just, we don't trust them. And again, I I get it. You know, the Browns have had real expectations the past few years and haven't met them. So I'm not offended by it, but I'm just glad that they're not the hype train. I really am. I think it, no, I am too. So, yeah, yeah. no, I mean, and, and, and so like, yeah, then you, you talk about like that, that Pittsburgh team, that is the the sort of the darlings. The you know DVOA has them as the eleventh best team, right? And then the Lions, who are you know the NFC's version, they have them twelfth. You know, um, other teams, you know the the teams, the players, you know, or I should say, the media might have expectations for. They've got the the Vikings twenty sixth. They've got the uh, you know the Packers nineteenth. They've got the Patriots eighteenth. So, you know. We can talk about whether we prefer a, a data-driven approach to projections or a, a you know a subject more of a subject, subjective approach, but I think you know DVOA projections have been accurate in the past, not entirely accurate. Obviously, nobody builds that kind of a system, but 
they have they have projected things that people have not seen coming and projected them well. So if there's if there's one that you would want to choose to be on your side, I think it's the the more objective data type stuff rather than the subjective stuff that's coming out of most of these news organizations, which, you know, I think the elephant in the room is how much of this is about who the Browns are as a team, their talent level, and how much of this is about a a bunch of NFL media people wanting to root against the team that traded for Deshaun Watson. So some of it, some of it. Yeah. I think we've covered that. I think there's also some of it just we don't trust these guys collectively. We don't trust this organization. Sure. I think there's sure. a lot. There's a lot there. I do think they have the NFL has across the board been down on them ever since they've turned into the to the organization to point at and, and send them to the corner ever since the Watson deal, and that seeps into it. And again, I think if Watson strings together four or five good games, you'll start to see people be back on board. Um, and again, I just think that. You know, they have to continue to to prove it. And, you know, and you're not saying this and I'm not saying this. I don't want them, the media to love, like, I don't need the national folks to love them. Right? It hasn't like, worked in the past. For that. No, it hasn't. And like, um, it's not going to change anything about the season or any of that. It's just interesting to look at. It's just interesting to see mm-hmm. where people who have said, oh, these guys have a lot of talent. Have you looked at that Browns roster? Oh, I actually think they're going to finish fourth and miss the playoffs and go eight and nine. So it's just, it's interesting. I think that a lot of times too, man, this AFC North is so good that I can't blame anyone for being like, well, I guess I'll just stick the Browns in last place because that's sort of habitual, you know, like it's tough oh, for to, sure. To pin, it's for sure. tough to pinpoint this division. It really is. So yeah, I think there's some of that there too. And again, to me, I'd rather have it this way. And I think you would too, right? Definitely. Yeah. It's not that I'm clamoring for more national, you know, bandwagoning uh, or anything like that. I just, I think the, what has been interesting is to, you know, you, you get to a, try and get to a point with yourself where you're, you want to try and have a clear set of expectations that you, obviously you're taking in information from other people, from other sources of information, other sources of data, but you're not, you know, copying anybody's projections or predictions anything like that. So you try and come up with your own sense of what you think is going to happen. You know, and I, I mean, on our show the other night, I, I had the, the Browns winning the AFC North, going to the AFC Championship game. I think they're going to win, you know, 11, 12, 13 games. I think they're going to be a really, really good team. And so that's kind of where I'm at. I feel like that's validated a little bit by the scenario laid out by football outsiders or, you know, Aaron Schatz, the DVOA stuff. I know it's not football outsiders anymore, you know, where he's got them projected as a top, 10 offense and defense, you know, which would be, you know, that certainly would be the first time since the Browns have returned that they had a top 10 unit on both sides of the ball. So I get to that point where I'm feeling that. And then you do, you, you check out what other people are saying and you read what other people are saying about Watson and and how they don't think they'll ever get back to who he was. This is what we talked about earlier with his comments to the media. And it it's that yo-yoing has been so intense over the past few weeks, right? As, you you look through a lens that you're trying to keep free of bias and you're trying not to put the fan hat on too much but you are you know really paying attention to the browns more than any other team and digging in on what you think they'll do and then you switch lenses and you're looking at it through more of a national lens and people aren't seeing it they think that the the browns played poorly in the preseason the offense didn't show anything and that watson was 
as you said before, that they strip all the context away from the six games last year, and it ju- it's just about that he was bad. He was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, and that's who he is now. And switching between those lenses, it's just like when you <laughs> take your glasses on and off really quick. Like it starts to screw with your perception a little bit at a certain point. Yeah. And so, I guess what I'm saying more than anything, Jake, is uh, Saturday, Sunday needs to go ahead and get here as soon as possible because I, I've got a little bit of whiplash now of being sort of yanked back and forth between these two different realities. I think that's extremely fair. And it's tough when you do, like you said, I look at the roster and it's great in spots. And then it's like, Oh, they're going to finish fourth. And it's like, well, and then you'll have people say, well, that that doesn't mean they're going to be bad. It's just a tough division. Well, that doesn't really make it any better. You know, (laughs) like that doesn't, it doesn't make it any easier. So, and again, I do think that there's some of this where people are now actually forced to make predictions and they're like, well, man, I really like Pittsburgh. They're my underdog team, but I have to pick someone in this division to finish last. And what do I know happens most often? Yep. It's the Browns. Yep. So I just think if the division was worse overall and they were doing this oh, to them, sure. it would be a little bit more of like, am I looking at this incorrectly? But the AFC's loaded. They have to pick somebody to lose. And that is just the easiest thing to do. So let's hope these guys go out and um, put together a 2020-like season and prove everybody wrong. And that would just be the sweetest of outcomes uh, considering the expectations. So I got to put a bow tie on this thing. We're going to get out of here. You know, I think we covered pretty much everything that uh, was out there from from Berea and from down in Cincinnati that needed to be covered. Like I said, you'll get a Behind Enemy Lines episode tomorrow uh, for your Friday. And then we'll get together again with Andrew and do our Saturday Big Browns Thought and then obviously talk about some college ball at the end of that pod. I think that's pretty fun. So uh, listen, great show, Andrew. You know, I always appreciate your time, man, and uh, your your insights and, and all of it. It's always a pleasure, man. Let's wrap it up. Let's get out of here. Again, things I say all the time, two things. Uh, thankful to uh, you guys for joining up with the OBR. I think a lot of you have done a really great job signing up with us. It's been a really exciting month. So I want to give a shout out to those of you who have joined the OBR. Also, those of you who have rated and reviewed the pod. I uh, thank you guys for that and leaving, you know, those those reviews. And then I want to give a special shout out to Mike Skinner, who is at Mike Skinner Audio with three N's in Skinner, who has done the intro and outro to this podcast. And I think it's a really special song that he put together. Um, he's going to be updating it with some more Jim Donovan, you know, real time uh, quotes or uh, audio clips from the season. So it's going to be really special stuff. And I just want to tell you, man, anything you need audio wise, like I gave Mike an idea. I said, hey, I really like this this NFL theme song and I want to make it Browns. And he came back to me with the first cut of that of that song. And I was like, holy shit, this guy's amazing. So any audio you need, um, help you need, whatever it is for anything out there, Mike Skinner Audio, at Mike Skinner with three N's and Skinner. So we appreciate him a ton. He's a big fan of the podcast and I want to give him some love. You'll hear me say that more often on this pod uh, intermittently as we try to uh, support those who support us. So Again, thanks to Andrew and you guys and everybody for stopping by. As you know, Andrew and I appreciate you. And catch us, uh, like I said, uh, one more time over the weekend here and uh, a Bengals behind enemy lines for you tomorrow. Till then, as we always say, go Browns. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.